Welcome to the Restore Church Sermons Podcast. We're so glad you joined us here today. We hope that through this message, you are encouraged, challenged, and strengthened. If you want to know more about Jesus, Restore Church, or have any questions, please head to restorechurch.com.au. But today I want to preach a message called Naked. So thank you, Brad, for that awkward introduction. I hope everyone's feeling very uncomfortable now. Um, but uh, yeah, we're just going to kick it off. I'm going to pray and we're going to see, uh, see what God wants to do in us this morning. Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity. God, we thank you that you are huge, that you are powerful, that you are mighty, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, that you want to meet with us. I thank you, Father, for your love for us. I thank you, God, that you don't want us to leave this place the same, Lord Jesus, you want to do a transformative work in us right now, God. Wherever we are right now, Lord Jesus, in our own homes or living rooms, God, you want to meet with us and you want to change us, God. And I thank you so much for your loving power that is at work, Lord God. So we just open ourselves to you right now. We ask that you would come and you would move and you would speak to us. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, you guys are going to have to help me this morning because I'm noticing Bert's not here. And Bert's usually going, amen, come on, preacher, I need some of that. Um, where's Darren? Is Darren in here? Darren's there. All right. So I got Darren at least. Darren's noisy. So feel free to get noisy on me. Um, it helps. Well, uh, yeah, so today my, my message is called Naked. Um, and I had lots of other titles, but they all just felt too uncomfortable. So I'm just going to stick with <laughs> Naked. I was going to call it... Um, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> Has anyone here been to a nude beach? Yes. Yeah, a few people. Don't tell me if you accidentally, yeah, that's, I've done that. Um, you find out very quickly though, don't you? You do. Um, we went camping with, the, uh, with Nathan and Kate Ed, who, uh, who have moved to Newcastle recently, but we went camping with Nathan and Kate, and, uh, and we were on this huge, long beach, and at one end of the beach, like about 500 meters up, you come to this sign, and it says, clothing optional beyond this point. And so it was a lot of fun. We were like, oh, this is great. And so I take off my shirt when I'd walk past the sign or something, and, um, but it was pretty miserable weather. Like we went camping, it wasn't a warm time of year. So the beach was pretty empty, which was great. But Nathan and I thought um, we were looking on Google Maps and we were looking for a spot to fish. And at the end of this beach, there's like an inlet where the sea meets the creek river thing. And so we thought there might be some fish there. So we decided, let's go. So we, we get up the beach. And again, it's looking empty. There's like fog. It's gray day. I'm like, surely there's no nudists out today. And uh, so we're walking up the beach and all of a sudden, like a little gopher, this guy stands up stark naked. I'm like, there's, there's that man. I can see the whole man. There's a lot of man there to look at. And he's just standing there watching us kind of from a distance. And me and Nathan are like, okay, there's a naked guy there. So we're like, we'll just won't look at him, keep walking. You know, 20 meters up, another guy pops up. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're popping up everywhere. It was like these little meerkats, these nude meerkats popping up everywhere as we're walking up, just trying to find some fish. Like, I don't want to see everything that you guys have. My question is, why is it always old white guys? Has anyone noticed that? It's always old white men. I don't know what it is. So if you're an old white man here today, just stop it, okay? That's, that's enough. We just wanted some fish, you know, maybe that's what God meant when he said you'll be fishers of men, but I just wanted some fish. I wanted to fish for fish. I didn't want to fish for men. Anyway, so it's, needless to say, we went to the, the water mouth and it was all dried up, so there was no fish up there anyway. So we had to walk back past all these naked guys watching us. I think they were wondering when we were going to take off our clothes, and I'm like, it's not going to happen, boys. Okay, so um, anyway, that was my last experience on a nude beach. Very fun. So today we're going to talk about the original nudists. If you want to open your Bibles to Genesis, we're going to talk about Adam and Eve. 
Now, if you have your, the Bible out this morning, I encourage you to open it because we're going to actually do some kind of questions and uh, some feedback in there for yourselves. It doesn't go to us. It's just personal. But I encourage you to open up the app and go to the notes section this morning. If you're at home, you can do it too. And um, the Bible verses are in there as well. But Genesis 3, if you guys have your Bibles or your phone Bibles or you're in the sermon notes, Genesis 3, verse 6 to 10. And I'm going to read this story about Adam and Eve. Now, this is just after the serpent, the evil one, has tried to convince Eve to eat the forbidden fruit. And uh, this is where the story picks up. So the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At, the moment, at that moment, their eyes were opened and suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Now, this is a, it's an interesting story. We always talk about Adam and Eve, and when you look at the kids' books, you know that Eve's hair is strategically placed, and the bushes in the garden are always just in the right spot. Um, unfortunately, when I was on that nude beach, there was no rose bushes to cover things. Um, but it's interesting that we, we kind of have this picture, and it's kind of a little bit funny. I remember as a kid, I kind of giggled with the naked bums in the garden. But it's actually such a beautiful picture when you look at it. The, the picture of Adam and Eve stark raving naked in the garden can actually be a beautiful picture when we realize that these guys were so comfortable and so unashamed and so at peace and so safe and secure that they felt no need for clothing. It wasn't even something that entered their mind. There was nothing to hide. There was no reason to hide. They were just with God as they were and He was with them. It's a beautiful picture to feel totally safe while being totally vulnerable. I, haven't, I don't know if I've ever felt like that. But, you know, that's what God wants. God wants for us to be in that, that same place. And, and the fact that Adam and Eve were naked actually shows less about what's going on on the outside and more about what's happening on the inside. That because these guys were so secure and safe in God's presence and knowing Him and He knew them, that they were so secure on their inner being, they didn't even care about their outer being. They didn't even, it wasn't even like a consideration to them. They had no shame. They had no thought to their outer being because they were so safe and secure on their inner being. There were no secrets. There were no dark corners. There was nothing hidden. It was just them and God, close, intimate relationship where they could just talk with Him and be with Him and they could just be themselves and didn't have to think about trying to be anyone else or pretend anything. Or I feel like whenever we're with anyone in our world, or even when we're by ourselves, we're always overthinking everything that we're doing. Does anyone else feel like that? You just, there's constantly thoughts in your mind, like, what do I look like? How am I standing? What am I, you know, does my breast smell? How's my hair looking? Is that, we're always thinking about everything. But to actually be in a place where you just, you don't even, it doesn't even cross your mind. You're so safe and secure with who you are and, and who you're with that you don't even think about it. That's what God wants with us. God wants that same intimate relationship with us. Not that we have to strip off our clothes when it's prayer time. You can do that if you want. That's, that's up to you. That's totally fine. I don't do that, but you go, you go for it. But if you want to do that, uh, sorry, if you, if you want a relationship with God that, that, is, that is real, that is like what Adam and Eve had in the garden, we, can actually, we actually need to learn to have naked hearts. We need to learn to strip off the things that we're hiding, the things that we're covering up, the things that we're ashamed of. We need to let God see us 
as we really are. Okay, another question for you guys. Has anyone been skinny dipping? Is anyone, come on, put up your hands if you've been skinny dipping. Ian's bold, yep, there we go. I don't know why it's called skinny dipping sometimes, because not everyone that does it is skinny. Has anyone been chunky dipping? Anyone? No. I'm surprised. I thought there'd be more hands. You guys, you need to live a little. It's fun, okay? So I have a story about when I went shredded abs dipping one time. And um, I was weird. it was when we were early, er, we were married early and we lived kind of on a riverbank and we're like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is going to be fun. So we, it's pitch black at night. I'm like, this is going to be safe. So we run down to the water and, and it wasn't until the clothes come off that you start feeling like, maybe this isn't a good idea, right? So I'm just like, oh, well, I'm in it now. I'm just running the water. And it was, it was the middle of summer. It was so hot. So the water was still warm. Anyway, you're swimming around. And normally in the daytime, swim in that river, not think a thing about it, right? But as soon as it's nighttime, and as soon as I'm naked, all of a sudden I'm thinking of all the things that are in the water. And I don't know if this is just a guy thing. I might be oversharing, but I felt like I was trawling some bait kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't know if, as I was swimming along, like it's just looking like a squidgy on a line or something and something's going to take the bait. That's what I started feeling. And so I was like, Hannah, I've got to get out of the water. I'm not enjoying this one bit. And, um, but it's funny, if anyone's gone skinny dipping, maybe you felt the same thing, but it's, it's kind of similar in, in our situation with our heart. It's not until you're actually naked, it's not until you're exposed that it actually starts to get kind of scary. It gets kind of real. I think it's funny that being exposed, being vulnerable, being naked isn't a comfortable thing. I think that's kind of why we do it, because it's a bit of a thrill. It's a bit of a rush, gets your heart racing. But it's not something that we do just because it's lovely and relaxing. Maybe you're so comfortable with yourself that it is, and that's, that's awesome, but that's not me. And so that's, that's part of it, but it's the same as on the inside. When we, when we expose ourselves to someone else, when we're vulnerable with someone else, it's a scary thing. And it, and it seems like a good idea right until the time when you decide to be vulnerable and you let it out and then you're feeling, man, this is terrifying. I'm actually not sure if this is a good idea. Anyone relate to that? And it's the same, you know, with God. It's, it's actually, it seems like a good idea that we want to be real with God. We want to be vulnerable with God. We want to give God our heart. God, I give you everything. I give you my heart. But it's not until we actually have to come to a moment where we literally have to do that, where we literally decide, okay, God, Here's this, this area. Here's this secret that I have. Here's this pain that I have that I don't really want to bring up. Here's this issue that I have that I don't really want to get into. It's not until we get into that moment that it becomes terrifying and it actually becomes super scary. Ezekiel 11 verse 19 says this. This is the prophet Ezekiel and he's prophesying on behalf of God and God's talking to his people. And he says, I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart. Again, today's message is not about being naked physically, but having a naked heart. You know, that's what God wants from us. He wants a responsive, tender heart, a heart responsive to His Spirit. That there will be nothing between us and Him. Not this hard-hearted, stony, you know, covered up heart where it's like really hard for us to communicate with him. There's something between us and him where, where we're unsure of what he's wanting or what he's doing or where he is. But this heart that is raw, that is exposed, that is vulnerable to him, a heart that is tender and responsive when he speaks, a heart that knows his presence. God wants our hearts to be like that. And God wants to transform our hearts to be like that. 
in the Garden of Eden, we see that Adam and Eve, after they messed up straight away, they went and they hid. They tried to cover themselves up. And they try and hide from God, which is crazy, right? Because God knows everything. But they're trying to hide behind some bushes and hope that God can't find them. And it, and it kind of seems crazy, but we do the exact same thing. The amount of times I think that I can hide something from God. It's crazy. We all have this stuff deep in our hearts that we don't really want to let God into. I know that I do. And I know that you guys are humans like me, so I know you do. I know that there's pain in there that we would rather just not get into, that we just kind of keep trying to ignore. I know there are issues in my own heart that come out as anger, that come out as bitterness, that come out as all sorts of things. And I know there's a deeper problem deep down, but I don't really want to get into it. So we hide, we cover up, just like Adam and Eve. And what I love about this story is that as these guys have messed up, as they've done the wrong thing, they go and hide, they try and run away from God. And again, God pursues them. We talked about Hagar a few weeks ago and Hagar runs away and God pursues her and finds her and meets her there. We talked about Elijah and Elijah is running away from what he's called to do. And God goes and finds him in the wilderness. Adam and Eve have run away. They're hiding from God and God goes after them. And today God is going after you. But I know that there are times in my life when I know that I've been in a place like in church or, in, or somewhere where God is moving and I know God is on the move. But instead of leaning into that and saying, okay, God, I want to be a part of this. I actually hide in that moment because I'm like, I don't want to do this right now. When God is on the move, when we can hear God's footsteps, sometimes just like Adam and Eve, instead of running to Him, we run away from Him. Today, God wants us to lean in. And I want to go to Bible college for a second. Who knows the words justification, sanctification, and glorification? Anyone heard those words before? It's, um, I remember learning this at Bible college, and I thought, what is the point of this? And now I'm preaching on it, so obviously it was good for something. But these words are pretty important in terms of trying to explain our relationship with God. And so when we give our lives to Jesus, when we decide, I'm going to follow you, God, when we decide, God, I give you my life, we are, from that moment, we are justified. The process of justification. So God, when we decide to follow God, God says you are now justified, meaning He has paid the price already, meaning we are free from the penalty of sin, meaning that we are made right standing with God, not by our own righteousness, but by Jesus' righteousness. We are saved, we are justified, we are secure in His arms. Does that make sense? So we are justified. But then there's this thing called sanctification. There's this process of being sanctified. And so this sanctification is the process that we're in right now. So just because you are justified and you have right standing with God doesn't mean that our battle with sin is over. We have a war raging inside of us, in our hearts. And so we are in the process of being sanctified, meaning we're being in the process of being made more like God. We are being made into His likeness. We are being changed. We are being transformed. We are being freed finding greater levels of freedom. That is the process of sanctification. And that never ends until the day we get to heaven when we are finally glorified, when we're in glorification stage. And when we are glorified, I'm very much looking forward to that day when we are free from the presence of sin forever. Where we are one day completely at peace, where we are in the presence of God forever and ever. And that is 
for us one day in the future. But right now we're in this process. For those of you who have given your lives to Jesus, you are justified and now you are in a process of being sanctified. And so that doesn't mean that when you give your life to Jesus that maybe things get better and you're like, okay, sweet, I'm done. Or maybe, you know, you keep working on your life and things get better and better and you get to a certain point and you think, okay, I'm done. Sanctification doesn't end as long as we're here on earth. I'm still in the process of sanctification and we need to continue to change Our battle with sin is not over. The battle, the fight for our hearts is not over. And so back to what we're talking about today. This is is where we're at in this place of giving God our hearts again and again and again, getting ourselves to a place where God can speak to us, where He can continue to change us, continue to transform us. We, still, we are still being changed, but largely that depends on a few things. It depends on our willingness. It depends on our being vulnerable, and it depends on our obedience. If we're not willing, then the process has stopped right there before it's even started. You've got to want to change. We've got to be vulnerable with God. We've got to be able to let God in. And we've got to obey. When, when God actually shows us what's going on, when God shows us what needs to change, we've actually got to make some physical changes in order to see something happen, to see ourselves free, to see God move. So just like Adam and Eve, we try and cover up. It's our natural reaction, or we try and hide. When my kids do the wrong thing, when they've messed up, when they've broken something, when they've whatever it is, first thing that they do is try and hide it. They try and cover up the mistake. They try and pretend it's not there. If that doesn't work, they'll hide themselves. And if that doesn't work, they'll just lie to me, right? And we did the exact same thing. We haven't changed. I didn't teach my kids to do that. Somehow they just knew how to do that. We're all the same. We have that in our human nature, in our sin sin nature. We know how to cover up. We know how to hide. We know how to run. We know how to lie. When it comes to God and what He wants to do in us, we can't do that with Him. If we want to continue this process of sanctification, if we want to experience greater freedom, if we want to be transformed, we have to fight against those natural tendencies, those reactions. We need to be willing to let God into the mess of our lives. God, you know, I need your help. God, I need you to show me what's lurking in my heart. God, I need you to give me courage to step into this area that I don't want to step into. God, I give you my heart. One of the things I've noticed is that for me, I found that I very rarely will get into these things unless my world is falling apart. It's not until something breaks, it's not until something goes wrong that I'm finally forced to actually look in the mirror and look into my heart and see what is actually happening. Maybe it's a relationship that starts breaking down. Maybe it's mental health. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's something, but something starts falling apart. Something gives way. And some reason, those are the only moments when we decide, okay, I've actually got to do something about this. Even then, sometimes people will continue to ignore the issues. But what if we didn't wait until everything falls apart in order to find deep transformation? What if we actually started doing this stuff now? We could save ourselves a lot of pain. We could save ourselves a lot of heartache. We could save other people a lot of pain and heartache. If we actually learn to to be vulnerable and to be open and to to learn how we're wired and what's going on and, and, and why we do the things we do and why we react the ways we don't want to react, we can actually begin to, to fix these things now and find freedom now. 
Sometimes I'd just rather not deal with it right now. But, and, and, I, and I guess I try and cover up in a lot of different ways. I either try and ignore it. I just pretend it's not there. Or I try and avoid it. I keep myself busy. I keep myself from slowing down where I actually have the chance to think about it. I procrastinate. I think I'll just put it, I'll do it later. I know I've got to do that, but I can't do it right now. I'll justify it. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's, you know, it's fine. Or other people are doing worse than me. Any of those sound familiar? The truth is we can only do those things for so long. We can only ignore the deep issues and the deep pains of our heart for so long before things start to fall apart. It eventually catches up with us. God wants to be in your mess. God wants to be in your world. God wants to see your naked heart. God wants to see who you are. God wants you to show Him everything. God wants to, you to let Him into every area. And it's funny, if we don't give Him access, then we're actually the ones stopping the transformation from happening. It's not because God isn't powerful. It's not because God doesn't want to change your life. It's because we're cutting the process short because we don't want to let Him in. And I don't know how many times I've done that with God. But God comes after me. God reminds me. God gives me courage to step into areas I don't want to step into. I think it helps to remember why God wants this for us. God doesn't want to, to get into the mess of your life. He doesn't want to cause you pain or un, you know, make you uncomfortable for no reason. He, he doesn't do it just because He's insensitive and He doesn't understand you. God feels your pain. God understands what you're going through. We do not have a God who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses. We have a God who understands, who cares, who actually wants to do this because He cares, because He loves you, because He wants better for your life. And we have to remember that as we go into these things, that this is for our own benefit. And even more than that, it's for the benefit of those around us. Because as we find transformation, as we become whole people, as we become fully alive, we're actually able to influence and bless those around us and lead other people to greater levels of freedom. God is so kind in this process. God is so gentle in this process. Every time that I've been vulnerable with Him, every time I've gotten myself to a moment where I feel like I'm totally surrendered and I'm totally scared because I don't know what's going to happen next, He is so loving and He is so kind and He's so gracious with me and He just does it one step at a time and it's just the right amount. And God, I find greater levels of freedom and healing. Today, I, I simply want to do this. I want to give us a chance to slow down and maybe actually let God into some areas. Because I know that for me, I can come here, I can participate and I can go home and I've got some good thoughts, but that's it. And that's kind of all I do with it. So today, I actually want to give us a chance to actually dig into some of this right now. To actually have an opportunity for you to be vulnerable with God to get naked in your heart with God, to show Him those areas of your life, to maybe do a little check on yourself. And I want you to know that this is a safe place. If we can't do this here, where can we do this? If we can't do this with each other, what, what other people can we do this with? Today, you could actually experience lasting 
change. Today you could experience a greater level of freedom. Today you could experience uh, uh, the, the presence of God in a whole new level. And all I want to do is I want to have a stop for three minutes. Just three minutes. But it's possibly three minutes that could change your life. To give God three minutes of our time and to actually let Him in to those areas. To actually examine our hearts and find out what's really going on underneath. Because I know for me, often I just don't even stop for three minutes to even check what is happening inside of my soul. I just keep moving. My world is busy. My life is busy. Even when I spend time with God, I can just be like trying to get something out of it, just get a word for someone or just get like, just to be encouraged or I just give God my quick little prayer list of things that I need and I keep going. Sometimes I can, I can do that for weeks before I actually stop and slow down and be like, actually, what's happening inside of me right now? God, like I haven't even told you what's really going on in my heart. I've just been kind of powering on. So today we're going to do that. And I've got a few questions and these questions are a guide. They're just a starting place. Again, I'm not going to force you to do this. This isn't something you have to do. This is something that I just want to give you an opportunity to do if you want. You can do as much or as little as you want. You can just chill for three minutes. That's fine. But I encourage you to, to use these questions just as a starting place, as a guide. Maybe you already know in your heart or in your soul or in your mind right now, you're like, as soon as we get into these three minutes, I know exactly what I'm going to talk to God about. But maybe you're not sure. And so these questions hopefully will just help you look a little deeper into your own life. And so I encourage you to either write down some answers. I've given some space in the sermon notes there where you can write some notes. You can write some notes on your phone. You can write some notes on a notepad or you can just take mental notes, whatever you want to do, whatever helps. If you're joining us online, you can do this as well. We're going to give you time. The questions will be on screen. But this is just about you giving God some of your time. And then we're going to kind of talk a little bit after this. So I encourage you, be bold. Don't skip over stuff just because it, it feels scary or because you don't want to get into it. I encourage you to go into those places this morning and see what God says, see what He wants to do in your soul. Open your hearts to Him this morning. So the first three questions that we're going to do are these three questions. What emotions am I feeling today? My wife teased me when I first put this question up because I used to be the last person that would ever ask a question like this. Like emotions, pfft, don't need emotions. Emotions are useless, right? But now I've realized that if I actually stop and ask myself, okay, what am I actually feeling right now? And it took me a while to work this out because I didn't know what I was feeling. But now sometimes I can sit there and just for, just for a minute be like, what's actually happening in my heart? And I'm like, I feel kind of angry. Why do I feel angry? You know, and so we can actually dig into some of those things. The next question is what doubts are in my mind? What am I doubting? Maybe doubts about God, doubts about yourself, doubts about whatever. And sometimes it can help to write those things out. What am I afraid of? You can list any fears that come to mind. Could be big fears, little fears, whatever. Could be your greatest fear. It could be something you're just freaking out about today. And that's all it is. And so we're just going to do that for three minutes. So I encourage you just to get some space, to dig in, to see what God wants to say to you this morning. And uh, we'll resume after that. Bless you guys.
Awesome. Some of you, three minutes was way too quick. Some of you, three minutes felt like 20 minutes. But I just encourage you to even keep doing that at home. Maybe that was just like a little teaser and you're like, wow, there's a lot more to unpack here. But I'd encourage you to check out the notes on the church app later and have a look at those questions and actually spend some time doing that stuff. Now, what I love about these questions is because when we ask, you know, what emotions am I feeling? You can begin to find, okay, well, I'm feeling angry if it was, if it was me or I'm feeling, you know, scared or I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling happy or I'm feeling whatever it is. And you can actually use that as a starting place to be, okay, why am I feeling that way? What, why am I feeling that right now? God, what's going on? What are, you know, why am I feeling cranky or irritable? God, would you help me? I don't want to be a cranky, irritable person. Show me how I can change. When we're asking about doubts, you might have all sorts of different doubts can come up. Sometimes I've, I've doubted whether God is actually good. And to admit that, to not keep hiding it, to not keep pretending that we're not feeling that, but to actually admit, you know, I actually doubt this. To be that vulnerable with God saying, God, I actually, I don't know if you're good. And we can use that again as a launch pad to be like, okay, well, I want to know, is God good? And so we can ask somebody, why do you think God is good? Why have God shown himself to be good to you? We can read the Bible and see what the Bible says about God's goodness. We can remind ourselves of who God is or we can find out for the first time. But I encourage you to use these things as a launch pad, not just a place where you kind of think about it and then, okay, that's interesting and move on. But use these questions to dig into some stuff that might be actually going on in your heart as areas that you can work on. What am I afraid of? Actually naming these things sometimes is so powerful in the fact that sometimes I write down what I'm afraid of. And I, as soon as I write it out or I say it out loud, it seems so silly. It seems, it shows me how like, illogical the fear actually is and it kind of breaks the power it has over me other times it shows me that it's a real issue it shows me that it's a big thing and that it's something I want to find freedom from because I don't want to live my life crippled by fear and so we can use that again as something that say God I, I don't want to have this fear in my life God I want to be free of this fear take me on a journey show me how I can be free of this fear God wants to work in you. God wants to continue to change your life. And we had a couple more questions there, but I think I'm going to get you guys to do those in your own time, in your own space. And I encourage you to do them this week, maybe even this afternoon, maybe even tonight before you go to bed. Whatever's a good time for you. Grab a cup of coffee, turn on some worship music, find some quiet time and uncover your heart before God and allow Him to speak to those real places. Maybe you're here today and that sounds absolutely terrifying or you don't know where to begin. I encourage you to reach out to someone. Someone who's maybe been there. Someone who's maybe done that. Say, hey, like, I, I want to be able to do this, but I don't know if I can. And find some encouragement. Find someone who can journey with you. I know almost every single person in this room would want to help. I would love to help. I've been in that exact same place. Let's rely on each other. Let's encourage one another. I know that God wants to take you guys into a deeper level of His love than you could ever imagine. I think so often I settle for less. I settle for like, okay. I settle for pretty good. But man, God wants to, God wants to blow our minds with what He can do and, and how free you can be 
and how alive you can be and, and, and to see him move through you with his mighty power, to see people set free, to see his spirit alive. God wants to wake us up. God wants to show us more than we've ever, ever seen. God doesn't want people with hard hearts. God wants people with a responsive heart to his spirit, a tender heart. So I encourage you this week to, to get into those places, to have that time and to see what God will do with us as his church. It's exciting. But today we're going to get into some communion. We're going to actually remember who Jesus is and what he did for us. We can thank him for the sacrifice that he made for us, that he died on the cross to set us free, to bring freedom, to bring life. He paid the price for our sin that we are now justified and in right standing with him. And he rose from the dead, defeating the power of sin and death. So we invite everyone to the table this morning to come and partake, that we can take the body and the blood of Jesus today together. We can remember his sacrifice. We can remember how good he is. And we can thank him today. So we're going to do that. And you can just do that in your own time. We're going to get the band up. And uh, we're just going to commune together. So bless your church.